Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Another Cliché Podcast. Each episode centers around a cliché. Today's cliché will be Family Comes First. And I've invited my guest, Sonny, on to discuss this cliché with me and relate it back to his career, or I should say his second career. He has two, but I'll let him tell you a bit more about it. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to dive into the topic. Mm-hmm. So before we begin, I'll just establish kind of where this cliche came from. Mm-hmm. Family comes first derives from a longer cliche from Bobby Darren. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. He was an American singer songwriter, and his quote actually goes, "My family comes first. Maybe that's what makes me different from other guys." So I think. Family comes first nowadays could mean the same thing as he meant back then. But because I don't have children, and to me, my family is my parents and my siblings, the way I view that quote is doing what makes my parents happy, Mm -hmm. what my family expects of me, Mm -hmm. and kind of putting myself second Mm. just because of being raised in I'm Chinese, so being raised in this Asian background mentality, uh, which I'm sure maybe you can relate to. I do, yeah, 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 for sure. So, I especially like being in a new country and like, you know, I think mm-hmm. you gotta be there as uh, support as well. Like you gotta be there for them. So that would be how you interpret the cliche as well? I would say the same thing. Like, uh, I mean, since you haven't started, started your own family, your family is your you know, parents, that's your immediate, the closest people to you, or siblings. We talked about this before, obviously not recorded, but we talked about how uh, choosing a profession and choosing your career to kind of please your parents versus mm-hmm. your own interests. How have you dealt with that? Um. Yes, I've dealt with a variation of that. I don't think I chose my career as uh, an engineer. That's what I do primarily. There was not direct pressure from my parents to choose that. I just was good in that, like math and physics. So I kind of just leaned towards that. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there was a pressure for like for my alternate career, for me spending time to do artistic things. For There's always uh, an, a pressure like, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting time doing this kind of stuff? Where is this going to get you kind of thing? Um Actually, when you first sent me the cliche, I I was like in the email you wrote, right? Family comes first. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I t- I was typing the email. I'm like, okay, uh, we can pick that one or we can pick from the following list. And I was going to write a bunch of cliches. And mm-hmm. then I realized that I typed list, but I don't even have a single cliche that I could come up with. So I'm like, <laughs> I just deleted it. I'm like, okay, let's just go with that one, the one you picked. But then I thought about it, then I'm like, yeah, this is such a cliche in my life uh, because family to me never came first. I actually didn't want it to come first because I have such a bad, I've had such a bad relationship with my family. So every time somebody was all like, oh, family comes first. And I was like, what bullshit is this? (laughs) Uh, This reaction, right? I'm like, how, how come, how come somebody likes their family? Well, how is this possible? Like, I couldn't believe it. Right. So I like, I had this, I have this one friend who like, he has a tattoo and it says family comes first. And I was just like, Oh, please, this is so cool. like a whole sentence. 
Yeah, yeah, family first. Like it's like I have it on my arm so I don't forget. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, I'll forget that, it one day, right? That exactly. <laughs> That's a cliche, right? I guess I want to learn more about your other career in arts, specifically what is it mm-hmm. that your goal is? And it sounds like your family's giving you negative pressure. So, what does that look like? Is there no support when you're trying to pursue? An artistic career? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I and I, I kind of get it too. I mean, it's not like I'm completely against that. Like, cause I was very naive at one point where I thought it's just so easy to become an artist. And then there was like, because their parents are so like realistic, especially my parents. Mm-hmm. So they just didn't, they just saw me as just wasting time and stuff like that. And they didn't see where that's going to go. And I honestly, for me, it's hard to see where it's going to go. If when you think about it financially in like real terms, right? But for me, I leaned towards that because of the situations in family. I leaned towards that because of the ongoing trauma that I had in my family. So to deal with that, I found like an outlet. Yeah, yeah, an outlet, kind of like a therapy, like art has always been a therapy, uh, a way for me to just stay sane. And it wasn't really something uh, like intentionally I was trying to do. It's just something I found out later on. For example, the first thing I started artistically, which was dance, and it's North Indian dance called Pangra. You yeah. probably, maybe you've heard of it. Yeah. So that's what I did in like grade nine, ten. But I was just obsessed with it. I was just always dancing. I had nothing else on my mind. In the kitchen, I was dancing. I'm like, I'm hitting things. And my parents are like, what are you doing? I'm walking on the hallway. I'm dancing. And kids are like looking at me like, what, what was that? What did you do? My friends would look at me in high school. So oh, wow, I, you have so much confidence to dance yeah. in public. Yeah. It, no, it's either that or it's just I was just crazy. Like I just... <laughs> That was just, that was on my mind all the time. Like that's because I, now looking back at it, at that time, it was like, yeah, I'm just passionate. And that's what you say, you're just so passionate. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about it. It's also like a drug uh, in a way that that's where I'm just putting all my mental energy. And now I'm not looking at things that uh, maybe would bother me or, you know, that I, that things that you would have to deal with otherwise. But now you put that on the side and you've got this thing that you're working on. Are you still as obsessed with dance as you were before? So that's the thing. I'm not as obsessed with dance, but there's always have been something. So after dance, I did that for like four years. I got into music and then I had the same obsession with music. And then I started learning to play an organ. And -hmm. then I would just be sitting there anywhere. and I'm just like playing this in my head. and I'm, I'm practicing. And it, it did, it did really help me just, you know, be in my own element, but it did disconnect me from a lot of things as well, which I paid for later on in life. Like what? I was just this very carefree person. I was good at these things that I did, but financially I was very bad. I was bad in terms of looking after my health. So there's a lot of these important things that I didn't, that I looked over. And I just kind of like went with the flow, this naive kind of individual who's just like, I'm doing my art part Mm -hmm. and I'm good with that. So then how are things different now? 
things are different now because I got a lot of new perspective when I quit my job two years ago. So I quit my full-time job. I, I was preparing my parents for it because they were just like, what? Oh my gosh, my mother would lose it on me yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I had no... But you had a plan, right? Well, the thing is, I thought I had a plan because I was... In my head, I'm preparing for this thing for eight months. Okay. But after I do it, I realized I did not have a plan. Mm. So, because I was in my own head and I had my own like thoughts and I was like, yeah, of course, it's going to work. Like, of course, I'll make money from this, this and that. Yeah. And like, that was a struggle. And it was such a, it was an eye-opening struggle where I realized I questioned myself, like really, like, what was I thinking? I'm a different personality after that. I'm like, there was that person and then there's this person now. Like, well, I hope that the dream, like the dream doesn't die though. Yeah, it didn't. Okay, I, it, good. Yeah, it, it didn't die. It's, it's a lot more realistic. I realize how important finances are and how, how you really have to keep that in check. And I realize how tough it is to earn money because for me, I was like, I went to university and then I got a job. I didn't have to struggle too much for it. Like I did my part, but it was just like, I didn't have to go out of my way. It was like, um, it was like the path was there and I was just traveling on the path. And then there's things I was getting, mm. like, you know, with putting in just enough effort. You're kind of coasting along. Yeah. And things just came to you. Yeah. Things just came to me and I had been in, involved in arts long enough at that time where I knew that I wanted to grow that side and I wanted to not do this job in some company. Where, the nine to five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The nine to five. But where I was wrong was that I thought how I've been coasting, it would just be like that mm -hmm. doing this other thing as well. But I didn't realize that the gap from this to that is there's a big gap what is the current focus you have in arts right now so there's a organization called lal button which i ended up forming which focuses on performance arts and digital art a lot of the people involved in that has been have been south asian artists because i'm living in brampton and that organization is from brampton there's that and i'm also trying to build my own brand my own brand yeah okay because I thought you were doing comedy this entire time. Right. It came from that. I was doing comedy. And in that, I do comedy as well. For example, I'll organize an event, like an open mic or something, and I'll be hosting it. So I'll be doing my stuff in there, right? When I was doing comedy, my option was to go to Toronto. Or if I wanted to do a different language, which was Punjabi or Hindi, there wasn't much happening in Brampton or Mississauga. So that was the reason I ended up creating this organization to basically create those kind of events where people could come. Because the thing about comedy is you can't do comedy just on your own, like just sitting at home. You need an audience. Yeah. Right. And, and a lineup. That, exactly. A lineup. Right. And for that, you need other people involved in it. So you need a scene. Mm -hmm. That's where that came from. So in comedy, sometimes I get stuck in like being a event organizer and then i realized oh shit i was my focus was supposed to be comedy and i'm doing this now so i have find myself going back and forth a lot of the times you know comedy in general is so hard yeah, yeah. when i'm watching it i think it's so easy mm -hmm. but i tried doing a open mic one time 
And I chickened out because when I was practicing in front of my friends, barely anyone laughed and they were my friends. So if oh. my friends aren't laughing, then strangers aren't going to laugh. Oh. oh, but you know what it is? I think the first, when they sign up for events, right, they have a lot of questions about, you know, their first time. And I think a lot of the times it's not even about whether you're going to make people laugh or whether people this is going to be amazing or not. It's just about going up there with something and just feeling that, feeling that tension, feeling that like nervousness and just doing it. Okay, maybe that comes naturally to you. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Trust me. I'm still scared every time, every single time. Like even if I have like a Zoom event, I'm just like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I just, I took it out. Maybe, maybe 2021, a new year. I'll give it a try. So then now you're doing two jobs at once. Yeah. My day job is uh, working as an engineer. Mm-hmm. And then Bravo. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do the stuff on weekends. I was doing a lot of events in India as well when uh, the lockdown, when the last lockdown was there. And there are a lot of people doing events on Zoom. So that was, oh, wow. uh, or, or there were some international events too. Like you have, you'll have people from like New York, Israel, UK, and all over the world in like one place. And you can balance your, you have enough time to do both of these? It's tough. It gets tough sometimes. Um, earlier when you mentioned art being an outlet because of just trauma from upbringing or certain mm-hmm. family relations, I've actually heard that from a lot of comedians. Mm-hmm. Your family's okay with you joking about them? Um, well, I don't invite them to my events. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. My dad has heard some stuff, but that stuff is not too harsh. It's to a point where they can tolerate it and they're like, yeah, that's, that's okay. Sure. Is there, is there any jokes about your partner? Oh, yeah. I do. I, all the time. All the time. My partner gives me a lot of jokes. I hear them. <laughs> The audience doesn't know, but Sunny's partner is my best friend. So I just want to hear yeah. all the negative things that he has to say. Um, if you were to give advice to your younger self or any young adult about entering performing arts, what would the advice be? How young are they entering into this? Oh, let's say they're 18 out of high school. That's what they want to do forever. And they're going for it. I would say when you're 18, see, that, that's a really, that's a really difficult question to answer. Cause I don't want to say something like, you know, like something wrong, but it's like with arts, you don't make a lot of money right off the bat. Like they say at least five to 10 years, you shouldn't think you're going to make it that easy. So you got to have source of income because the problem is if you try to be, go like, you know, I'm going to go become an artist. You start from a place where like it's very, you like it. But when it becomes, when you know, you realize you, you have to make money from this as well. And then that's your only source. It can also become tense and you can lose the fun of it. Like, mm-hmm. it, yes, like it, that happens to me. and it ha- That happens to a lot of people all the time where they get very serious about it. And then it just doesn't. It's just not fun anymore. And when it's not fun, whatever you're putting out there, it doesn't work as well. Like it's like a snowball effect. Yeah. Right. So I, I would say have something that you at least have your basic expenses cover. Uh, and you 
that if you know that this is what you want to do and then go for it go all out for it yeah and just so some sort yeah. of alternative income on the side Why? yeah yeah so on, on the side or just like if you're 18 i would say just explore explore your options right what you can do and it takes time it takes like a good year to even explore options to figure it out there's so much you can do like you can do um as a comedian you can do acting on the side you can do a part-time job do writing coffee house sorry play at a coffee house yeah, yeah. side cash yeah exactly i definitely relate about the hobby like taking a hobby something you mm -hmm. enjoy and it turning into work and then mm -hmm. you don't enjoy it anymore but not in arts it because i used to study nutrition because mm -hmm. i did long distance running for a lot of years so because i'm so skinny i had i wanted to make sure i was getting enough calories mm -hmm. that i wouldn't wither into nothing Mm -hmm. so nutrition was a hobby for me and i thought hey i could turn this into a career mm -hmm. but once i started doing that mm -hmm. my hobby was no longer fun to me because this yeah. is a job yeah it becomes a chore it's like exactly oh, yeah. so it's like oh oh uh oh gotta do a career change this is the one i expected yeah that's the trap a lot of people fall into we all start from that place where we're just naive and we don't know what it takes in the real world to just make it and i i honestly now i'm at the point where i feel like just talent is not enough in today's world there's so many people out there who are talented who are way more talented than people who are successful um people who are successful and ma are making it they they have more than that you know they have resources marketing connections, connections. there's just so much more than just having the art i used to believe that i'm like you have to be just a really good artist and that's it but no I actually wanted to do theater for many, many years when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, I think probably the age of nine until 16, I was dead set on theater production, something to do with acting. Mm -hmm. And my parents basically killed that dream, oh. just stepped on it <laughs> until it was nothing. Because <laughs> my dad would never go to my shows. Oh. And one time I asked him, mm -hmm why and he said oh i mean you're good but you're not the greatest oh man, and so <laughs> i mean he was he was just being very realistic uh -huh. he's like do you know how many people make it not a lot and he's like you're you have to be the best of the best to make it mm -hmm. and i was like oh well if my dad says i'm just like okay <laughs> i probably won't make it then oh man <laughs> so then it just crushed it and i and i don't know what would have happened if they supported me instead i where would i, I be like my dad says the same things to me like very mean things but the <laughs> thing is like they don't realize like like you don't become amazing in a day like you don't nobody born amazing. nobody's born amazing like you know you have to like get there and for that you need the support so i feel like they just have a personal thing about it and they just like i don't know it's just worried about me living on the streets yeah yeah exactly they they have that fear they have that that insecurity is why i think they go out of their way to crush you <laughs> but now look at technology and youtube and different platforms where people can just go viral and mm -hmm. gain an audience just like that overnight 
for dancing for 15 seconds on TikTok or whatnot. And then build a brand off of that, just like that. Yeah, I'd just like to say, if I was supported back then, who knows where I'd be right now. <laughs> or maybe yeah. my dad would be right. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know until until you maybe, maybe you, you try again. TikTok. <laughs> oh. Maybe you can be a TikTok star. TikTok. <laughs> I, I don't think I would do the TikTok route, but it would be fun to do projects on the side. 2021 maybe now's the time tap back into my creative side yeah it's always it's always nice like even it doesn't even have to be full-on you know career and stuff because for me like for 10 years it was like hobby it wasn't like you know let's make something out of it Mm -hmm. so then in the past two years do you still enjoy it as much because in the past two years you try to turn into a career so the thing is i i had already made that mistake with other things before Uh so for example with music and then i stopped learning music Mm -hmm. so i was better prepared for me the harder part was like the business side of things like managing finances communication and organization so those are the things that took a lot of time and focus yeah you have to wear different hats and play different roles thank you for being on the show taking your time out to record this with me Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. It was nice talking to you. Aw, thanks. And thank you to the audience that is listening.